Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in an attractive and well-preserved body, but rather a skid in sideways, champagne in one hand, strawberries in the other, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, screaming, woohoo, what a ride. Hello and welcome to the Mind Detox Podcast. Here, we're going to discover a new way to think, feel and heal while exploring our spiritual side. I'm your host, Sandy Newbigging, also known as the Mind Detox Monk, because, well, I'm a monk and a meditation teacher, and for the past 15 years or so, I've been working with people from around the world using a method that I accidentally created called Mind Detox. Mind Detox is all about curing the unconscious causes of physical, emotional, or life issues. So stick around if something is going on in your body, emotions, or life, and you don't know why, because we'll be exploring the possible mind-based causes during this or an upcoming episode. As a monk who's written 12 books and meditated for thousands of hours, the topics of inner peace and living in the present moment will most likely be a thread that runs through many of our episodes. So stick around again if you want to stress less and be still more. This podcast includes highlights from my online club and academy meetings, expert interviews, guided meditations, and more. All so that you can cure the cause and master peace. For today's episode, I'm sharing highlights from one of my recent online club meetings, which you can join at minddetox.club. I begin by talking about how current world events may actually be both challenging and strangely satisfying our fundamental human needs, and how life may be less about survival of the fittest and more about survival of the freest. Okay, so I put out to you guys in the WhatsApp group, you know, what might you want me to work on? I've been having lots of uh, one-on-one consultations. I've been keeping my ear to the ground as to how people are finding uh, everything that's going on in the world. You know, what, what's it like for them? And I have heard three Fs come up time and time again, three Fs. And it's not the F that you might think. If it's that, that F has come to mind, that's not the F that I'm referring to. But there's kind of three Fs that have come, to, that have generally been talked about over and over again when it comes to people's experience and how they're dealing with and handling um, what's going on in the world. Because it's not necessarily only uh, the pandemic. Um, it's many spin-off things as well, that, that as, as you know, uh, that's coming with it. And so I'm, I'm curious if you, we've got one guest in the chat box um, and, and you guys are doing pretty well so far. Yeah, you're doing pretty well so far. You've got two of them already, which is great. Um, someone's laughing this false news. I wasn't going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Um, I'm trying to keep this relatively conspiracy-free uh, where we are right now. So, yes, these three essays, fear, frustration, and fatigue. 
the three S's that I'm hearing time and time again are people are going through either uh, fear, uh, they're pretty scared right now, they're pretty worried and anxious to, of, of what might happen, uh, what's happening, um, if they might catch this thing, what might happen if someone they care about catches it, what's going to happen with my, my, my job, my business, um, fear, 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 whatever it might be. We've also got frustration. Um, and that, that frustration ranges from mild annoyance <laughs> through to words I probably can't share. Um, if we're trying to keep this uh, swear word free, but th this frustration um, of feeling like a, a, almost like a, a victim to what's going on um, at, a, at the effect of people, politicians, uh, policies and systems that are coming into place. Um, this, this frustration uh, of just not being able to get on with and, and living like how you, you like to live and being able to do what you want to do and being able to go where you want to go and see your family and hang out with friends more than six or whatever it might be, wherever you happen to, to be. I'm one of these people that I'm, I would like to see my parents at some point. You know, they're in their 70s and um, my time with them, my visits with them are really precious, precious to me. And I've not been able to see them for almost a year already. And then we've got fatigue. Fatigue. They're just either over it, they are tired of it, and they are physically feeling the effects of either the isolation, the, um, the, um, the constant barrage of, of negativity and news and conversations about it and blah, blah, blah. So... What I've observed and what I'm seeing happening is like a, it's almost like a mass grieving that's going on. And, and earlier when I asked people in the WhatsApp group, you know, what would let me talk about, the, the word grief came up. Now, I appreciate in that moment, it might have been, you know, raised by that person potentially relating to, a, you know, losing a person. But we're actually, in a way, going through a collective grieving process for the world we used to have, the, uh, the freedoms we used to have, the access uh, to travel and getting to the supermarket without having to queue up, uh, wear, wear masks and all that sort of stuff. So there's, there can be like a, a sense of, of loss. And I'm, the reason I want to highlight it is because you might be going through these three Fs and maybe me sharing this, you can actually, it might be relevant for you. You might go, actually, you know what? These three Fs are kind of coming from a, a, an underlying kind of sense of, of loss of some kind. And it's kind of a, like a loss of what's been known. It's a, a loss of the norm that we we're used to. And maybe a, it could be a loss of, of company. Um, it ultimately is like this, this sense and appearance of things being taken away that you, you liked having, <laughs> uh, whatever that might be for you. Does this make any sense, guys? Um, can you give me some feedback in the, in the chat box if, if, if you can see the potential correlation between these three Fs and, and this kind of underlying potential cause of, of what we could collectively call grief? 
Now, one of the things that um, we have lost in a way is this interesting combination of variety or uncertainty and certainty. And so at this point, I want to kind of lead us into just a few moments. You know, I'm never one to like have us all kind of swim around in the problem and I never encourage <laughs> intentional suffering. And um, I don't want us to be like, oh, woe's me and stuff. But I, I do want us to take a moment to appreciate that it's okay. It, it's okay if you haven't necessarily been finding this completely easy the whole time. It's okay. Why? Because they're at the, at the base level, we have certain human needs. And the research I've explored uh, over the last number of years, and I came across this years and years ago, um, was like this kind of five primary human needs that if these aren't being met, then we usually feel like something's either wrong or lacking or, or needs to be changed. <clears throat> you can apply these to a job that you're in if you're not satisfied. You can apply it to a relationship you're in if you're not completely satisfied. If these human needs aren't being met, like I say, there can be a sense of discontentment or sense of something wrong. So the first human need is this kind of desire for certainty. And in the current climate, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen next. We don't know if we're going to be able to travel freely or if we're going to have to get uh, some sort of chemical stabbed into our arm or something in order to get a little vaccine passport that will allow us to cross border. We don't know what's going to happen. I'm not trying to freak you out here, guys. I'm just saying there are certain things that we just don't know about. We don't know. We're told in Spain, where I am, that it's a two-week lockdown. But we know the last two-week lockdown kind of turned into three months. So, you know, it, it, there's not that much certainty there, you know, because it's like, it could be two weeks. It's probably just then kind of mean, you know, making the news easier to swallow. They can probably handle the prospect of two weeks. But when we get to two weeks, we'll be like, you know, we've not flattened the curve. The hospitals are still at risk. You know, we, the, the cases are still on the rise or whatever they might give us and then they might move the goalposts or whatever. But so this sense of certainty is not as certain as it used to be, let's say, a year ago today. Now, there was often over a year ago, there were certain things that wasn't necessarily certain then and too. But I'm talking about collectively what we're going through as a global team there is a little bit less or quite a lot less certainty. Now that certainty could also be about, you know, am I gonna have enough money? You know, are, is there gonna be a great financial reset? And is and what does that gonna even mean? Is, is are, are people gonna be able to still buy products and wanna, wanna, or whatever? So it can do with money, it can be, you know, what, do I have certainty that I'm gonna be able to see my family again? When am I gonna see them? So the certainty thing, is is a human need is that is that clear guys is that, can you can you relate to liking some certainty in your world um <laughs> does that make sense okay thank you Moira. yeah everything out of control exactly now here's an interesting thing with the human needs if everything was certain we also wouldn't be that satisfied 
if everything was inevitable, if we knew everything that was going to happen in our day, what would it be? Pretty quickly, boring would, is the first word that comes to mind. It'd be pretty boring. If, if, and this is why people are like, I just want to get all my goals. Do you really? Is, is, it, is it true that you really want to get all your goals? Seriously? Because if you're honest with yourself, if you wrote down every single thing you wanted and it all came very quickly, it would get a bit boring. If you knew when watching a movie, everything that was going to happen in that movie, well, okay, I know you. there's some movies you love and you might watch multiple times, but you might get my point. If you're watching a movie, you know, every single thing, and there's no suspense, there's no twists and turns, there's no like, will they, won't they? You know, which is basically the at the heart of almost every movie. Will they, won't they? Will they kiss at the end? You know, will they get together will they? or whatever? Um, if we didn't have that will they, won't they, it's not that good a movie. And when it comes to the movie of our life, which is your the, the makings of your own personal movie masterpiece or classic, we want a little bit variety or uncertainty, same, same. And we do have quite a lot of that. So if we look into the human needs, actually what's going on right now is strangely satisfying. At some level, we're kind of liking this right. If we're honest with ourselves, <laughs> whoops. But it's bad, I know, but it's kind of exciting too. Like we've never done this before. We've never gone through this with such a, the whole world doing it. Will the population stand up to these totalitarian governments? Ooh, or whatever the storyline might be. We don't know how this movie is going to end. And at some level, it's kind of exciting. True or false, <laughs> at some level, <laughs> if you entertain that possibility. So thank you for the, the one true in the chat box. There's only one person. <laughs> and I, I hope you're just enjoying the show. Yeah, yeah, we've got a few more truths coming in. Cool, thank you. So these human needs, um, they're, they're, they are, you know, kind of fundamentals and, they, and they're really cool and you can apply them to different things. Like I said, if you're unsatisfied in your, in your career or in a relationship or whatever, it's a cool thing to know. So let me just share the final three quickly, because I want you to really focus on the first two in the context of what we're talking about. But the third human need is, is kind of this, is, is often referred to as like a sense of significance of, of like um, love and significance, you know, being, you know, being relevant to, to a point, you know, mattering, um, growth, learning and growth like evolving that's another one of the of of the needs that um we actually tend to have built in and we want to you know feel that we're actually growing at some level you know it's one of the reasons you might be a member of this club and community is it might satisfy uh, that need for you to, you know, there might be other things that you do, obviously, but at some level, it's satisfying that need. It's also hopefully giving you some variety. You didn't know what was going to happen tonight. So, or, or most of the meetings, you don't really know what's going to happen when you show up or when you go into uh, join in and say, hey, we had some resources. Oh, there's some variety there. But there's also some certainty because 
there's a similar message that carries through and I'm not ashamed of that. I'm very proud of that. We're, we're, I, 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 it's, it's cool that we have a core message, you know, be here now, be still now, be willing to let go. Look where you can serve uh, in your life. Look where you might want to quiet in your, your mind and have a da 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 da. So we have like the, there's some certainty in there too. You know, some touch points during your uh, evening infotainment uh, when you when you tune in for these things, there's some uh, certainty as as well as variety. Um, and and the final one is is a sense of contribution. Uh, the final human need, the human need is is to feel that you're contributing somehow, uh, and you and and there is some sort of you're making a difference. There's a, there's uh, some sort of legacy that's ultimately being formed, whether that's a, a legacy and a difference through. Uh, raising a family or, or uh, making an impact through a particular career or helping uh, with charities or in the community or, or, or whatever, this sense of contribution um, can, can be really uh, satisfying, satisfying. So then we've got the five uh, human needs, certainty, variety, significance, uh, growth, learning and growth and uh, contribution. Can you relate to these guys? Can you see how these are showing up in your life? And if you apply them to, let's say, a relationship that you might not be totally satisfied with, then what of the human needs aren't currently being met in that relationship? Has the uh, variety dropped down and the certainty gone up? Are you not really feeling uh, as acknowledged as you'd like to and significant to that other person? Um, is there a chance to contribute or do you not really feel that what you do makes much of a difference so they don't, you couldn't really care if you're there or not or, not or whatever? So, you know, these sorts of, of, of human needs are actually really cool because without creating a huge drama, you can actually just take some, some charge and take charge to a certain extent and look to see where you can in, inject a little bit more variety into the relationship or see where you can uh, maybe learn, learn more about that person or with that person or, or or whatever, okay? And if you're not feeling very significant, then maybe they aren't too. So you can start to make sure they know how much you care and how important they are to you and, and that sort of stuff because as you give, it often uh, comes back. So is that clear? We've got yes, definitely, yes, absolutely, totally, and it all makes sense. Fantastic. Now, these are human needs. They're the human needs. And to a certain extent, as one awakens and transcends the mind and the ego, we to a certain extent, don't need them as much. We don't need them as much. They become more like preferences, which is lovely in and of itself because there's a lot less pressure on life to be a certain way or give you anything for you to be okay. And when I was considering this earlier, um, what came to mind was how if, or should I say, the more and more we wake up to who we really are and the, and the true nature of reality, what tends to happen is 
we become more spiritual. We come, become more divine. Dare I say it, we become more godlike. I said it. What I mean by that is if you were to imagine a, a bright being of light, an angel, if you like to call it that, just appearing in the corner of your room right now, just appeared like this huge, you know, six, seven, eight feet, however high your ceiling is, let it be that tall. So it's not having to crouch over, you know? <laughs> so this being of light, this divine being of light just appears in the corner of your room and you consider what sort of virtues does that being have? Well, what sort of virtues do you think that being might have? Give me a few in the chat box. We've got one, Moira says love. Okay, perfect. Uh, Nora says joy. Awesome. What sort of virtues? Uh, light, uh, peace. What sort of traits? Uh, how might that, what person, what might be the, they possess and be able to, to share? Compassion, uh, patience, stillness, presence, unconditional love. Uh, being of service, truthful, truthfulness, uh, compassion again. Absolutely, guys. And th th so the more we awaken, the more we become and embody all of these kindness, absolutely. We, we embody all these beautiful um, states of being, which we've also been the entire time. And when I say more spiritual, more divine, more godlike, what I'm referring to is whatever you would imagine that being of light, might possess then that's what what i'm referring to it's the easiest kind of way to kind of make sense of of this and make it real for us now as long as we are committed to walking what's often referred to as the path of comfort we're often kind of tied to only really trying to get by and survive and satisfy the human needs. The folk, a lot of our focus is on just kind of this kind of keeping the human happy, keeping the mind happy, not suffering too much. And I don't know if you've if you've been around for a while, you'll know that I often talk about the path of the hero and the path of comfort. Now, the path of comfort is very much a meandering path. Okay, it's very much a meandering path, and. What I wanted to share with you tonight was some of the traits of the path to comfort that I haven't actually shared before, if that's right with you. Would that be of interest to anybody? Can I have an audit at the top? You've got a thumbs up from Moira? Cool. Um, so this will all make sense when we get through this, why I've started with the three Fs, moved into the human needs, and now ended up talking about the path of comfort and the, and, and the path to the hero. I'm not so sure about where we're going to end up either, but I'm sure it will all come together in the end. Um, no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Kind of. So here's a few things that I've discovered about the path of comfort. The path of comfort is, well, first of all, before we get into the, necessarily the new stuff, I just want you to, as a wee reminder, the path of comfort is the path where um, we believe that we're separate from our heart's highest hope. So if you want peace or love or joy or any of these things that were listed in that box, patience, kindness, compassion, unconditional love, stillness, presence, if any of these things you would like, well, 
the path of comfort believes you ain't that. Sorry, <laughs> you, you, uh, you're well, at least you're not it yet. And in order to 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 be it, you have to do the groundwork, and you have to fix stuff, and change stuff, and prove stuff about yourself. Eventually, to prove yourself as worthy of being able to be these things, and and learning that the skill of of love or the skill of of peace or whatever so that eventually you can arrive uh, at uh, your happy place um the the path of comfort is a rainbow path it's um we're looking to try and get to the end of the rainbow but every time we get there it kind of it moves a bit uh, further away from us it reminds me of the is it the dog or the donkey or whatever that's got the mule the 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 you know the you know i'm trying to the, the thing where it's got like the goat the carrot that is trying to walk and it's going to stick in a rope what animal is that, guys? Does anyone remember a banana? That, that that's not an animal, Nora. Um, no, this is that's a different analogy that you're thinking about. <laughs> donkey, exactly. So we've got a donkey. That was really confusing. Monkey, banana, what? So <laughs> we've got a donkey, and it's got like a uh, something it really likes to eat, but it's hanging off a rope on a stick in front of it, and it's kind of walking towards it. And that's really the path of comfort. Whatever your carrot might be peace, love, joy, whatever, the donkey can't quite get it. Um, the path of comfort is, is a slow path. It's a path about arriving and eventually becoming, okay? But incidentally, it's not very comfortable. Um, it's not very comfortable at all. It's called the path of comfort because a lot of our choices, the majority of our choices on a daily basis are governed by what we believe is most comfortable. It's kind of like the safe path. I'll, I'll, I, I don't like what I have, but for fear of losing what I don't actually like, I'm not going to really go for what I really want. That's kind of the mentality on that path. I know it doesn't make much sense when we say it that way, but that's kind of, my friend once described it as better burnt toast than no toast at all. Better burnt toast than no toast at all. So we could call it the better burnt toast than no toast at all path if you want, but it's a bit of a tongue twister. So I like just to, we just call it the path of comfort. Now, the path of comfort is rooted in sensory betterment. Sensory betterment, because ultimately it's searching for personal comfort. By sensory betterment, we're talking about uh, a nice, comfortable environment. We're talking about, um, you know, uh, the senses, <laughs> sensory, um, see, hear, touch, taste, smell. It's all about trying to make it as as nice and comfortable as 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 possible. They might go, well, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. But the primary focus that's governing and causing us to quite often compromise on what we ultimately really want in life and, and stay where we are for fear of losing what we don't actually want um, is this kind of sensory betterment. The path of comfort is about waking up within the dream. Waking up within the dream. The path of the hero is about waking up from the dream. From the dream. So what does it mean to wake up within the dream? Well, that's where we do a lot of self-help, personal development and spiritual concept gathering. Uh, so waking up within the dream is where, if you, say, if you say it slightly differently, you could, you could say waking up within the illusion, okay? 
why do I like to offer uh, a path, for example, with my one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentoring guys, why, why do I try to offer a path that helps you to change the mind, but the context of the whole conversation is ultimately within the context of rediscovering who you really are, rediscovering the present moment, rediscovering this inner presence of peace and stillness that you are. Why, why, why offer uh, both? Well, because if we only seek to um, perfect the mind and emotions and you know, spend our whole life uh, moving the furniture of the mind around or at least giving it a polish or a clean or getting rid of bits you don't like and trying to bring in you know, new, new concepts that you, you do like, if we only spend our whole life just trying to think better and feel better and have prettier imaginations and have a prettier self-image, a prettier idea of ourselves. If we only spend our life doing that, ultimately we're waking up within the dream. Does that make sense? Because it's all happening within the dream world, the mind world, the imagination, the memories and all that sort of stuff. Nothing wrong with doing that, especially if you have some sort of pattern or compulsion or um, health issue or whatever, and it might have a mind-based cause. So I'm not seeing any problem with that. But if you're interested in the, the path of the hero, then ultimately you want to be also simultaneously, and I would dare I say it, more interested in waking up from the dream. Waking up from the dream. This is relevant because everything that's happening in the world is part of the dream. Especially the fears and frustrations and the fatigue that occurs as a result of what's happening in the world, they are ultimately happening because our sensory betterment isn't getting, is getting challenged, let's, let's see. And the fears that we have, many of them actually haven't happened yet. The, what might happen with the economy? What might happen with the, the medicine? <laughs> what might happen with whatever? They're, they're not here yet. So if there's already fear about that, we, we know that that's not happening in the here and now reality yet. It's happening somewhere else. Now, we will have another meeting if that does actually happen in the here and now, and we'll cross that bridge then. But right now, <laughs> we're talking about where we are today, okay? And how come fear, frustration, and fatigue is showing up so much? Um, there's another F as well, but I can't talk about it here. Some people are just thinking that other F. Um, it ends with it. Well, that's the second word, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, let's. if you don't get that, don't worry about it. The path of comfort is about creating a better life. The path of the hero is about waking up to the source of life. <laughs> I like that one. Do you like that one? I like that one. The path of comfort is about making a, creating a better life. The path of the hero, the path that we're talking about here, is about waking up to the source of life. Now, there's nothing wrong with creating a better life. <laughs> the cool thing is that when you're walking the path of the hero, which has also been known as the path of the sages, it's been known as the path of joy, 
has been known as the Bright Path. It's had many different names over the, over the years. When you walk in that path, you are waking up to the source of life and awake to that, conscious of that. Quite magically, you receive the invitations and the inspirations required to create a better life. But it doesn't necessarily come from an individual me trying to create my life better. It happens through you, but not necessarily by an individual you. Feel free to ask questions or, or, or whatever if any of this isn't landing. So don't get me, so, so don't worry, you can still create a better life if you choose to also wake up to the source of life, but we can be trying to create a better life forever and never find full satisfaction, peace, love, joy, fulfillment, because ultimately we are still missing the source of life itself. And this is nothing religious, it's nothing to believe in, it's not a new concept to pick up, it's an invitation to, to go beyond the temporary thoughts and thinking, the temporary emotions, temporary physical stuff, and the, and the betterment of the, the furniture of your life circumstances, so that you can, you can find and rest into this underlying self and reality that is beyond and the context of all the temporary life stuff that happens to show up within this source context of life. And very relevant for now, the path of comfort is focused primarily on preserving life. Whereas the path of the hero is about living now. In other words, there is a big focus on the path of comfort for trying to be here as long as humanly possible. <laughs> now, obviously, that's nice, and it's a you know we can have the preference to you know stick around. Uh, hopefully, you know we want to stick around here as long as possible. But the the primary focus on the path of the hero is not uh, preservation. It's not about time. So it's not about the future and how many future moments I might have. <laughs> you know, this, this moment sucks. I'm giving it no attention and I'm just trying, I'm living in fear and struggle, but at least I get longer. You know, at least I get to be here longer, to suffer a bit longer and to be a bit stressed a bit longer. And, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm being a little bit, you know, tongue in cheek here. Jill says, it's not quantity, it's quality. That's a really cool way of putting it. Now, I'm not saying you can't have both here. I'm saying you only you can know when listening to this sort of dialogue and conversation, if secretly inside, there's a lot of focus on quantity and preservation, and there's not actually much focus on the richness and aliveness of right here and right now, and giving absolutely everything to this moment, to this moment. 
so filled up with now that there's no care or time or attention to worry about what might happen next. Now, don't worry. You don't become uncaring. Um, you still have the sense of responsibility and um and what I mean that in a good way, like you make sure the bills are paid and you, you go to work and all that sort of, you know, you, you have discernment. But you don't have dread or fear or worry about what might happen later. You're, on, you're all about being here now. So in the context of preservation and living fully, I asked Jill to find that quote in the book, which you probably have all read in the chat box by now anyway. But if you haven't, or you're watching the replay, because you can't see the chat box if you're watching the replay, then let me read it to you. Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in an attractive and well-preserved body, but rather a skid in sideways, champagne in one hand, strawberries in the other, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, screaming, woohoo, what a ride. I love that. Thank you for the clap, Lynn. Thank you. I love that quote. It's quite contrary to some self-help development opinions out there, but I love that. I love it. I want to be thoroughly used up by the time I skid in sideways into my personal grave. I'm going to give, I want every last bit of me used up. Every potentially thing I learn, every gift and talent and ability, I want to have given it away as much as humanly possible. And I want to just be thoroughly used up. And unfortunately, some people are so scared. They're just trying to survive longer. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with surviving longer. I've got to do all these caveats so I don't get, you know, called out by the uh, shame police. But you know what I'm saying, don't you? You know, you know there, was this, um, there was this diagram I saw on one, a course once and the guy kind of had his whiteboard and he, and he kind of did these triangles on the board. And then, you know, my pen's obviously running out, which is perfect timing for that. But he did these triangles on the board. And I'm like, what is he doing? Is he, is he drawing little, is he drawing little mountains or something? And it turns out what he was doing, he was drawing shark fins. And he was saying how lots of people, as they grew up, they learn more and more things to be scared of, frightened by. And there's their... These are their sharks. And often these sharks are happening between their ears. And these sharks keep appearing more and more often all over the place to the point that they end up living in this tiny little bit. And this is what they call their life. When the potential is all this and beyond the page, they end up living in this little bit here. Now, guys, don't let this happen. See anywhere where you're scared of a shark and don't let it stop you from moving through your day anyway. I don't want this kind of life. This is not the skid and sideways life. <laughs> this is the like the path of pres preservation and survival and fear and, and what's going to happen? 
I was asked today by someone in my Instagram page um, I, for question. I was, for one of the questions, he said, where do you go when you die? And I was like, my current opinion on that is this. Our body tends to go to the earth or the air or the elements, whatever you want to call them. But the rest of us, who we really are, what we really are, cannot die. So the question in itself is flawed. Where do we go when we die? The question itself is flawed. We can't die if we were ultimately never born. And we're eternal. And eternal is eternal and eternal. It's eternal. <laughs> like eternal. All time. You know, sometimes we think eternal is it was born and then it's lived a really long time, right? That's kind of the idea of eternal. Do you know what I mean? Like it's really, really old. But the reality of the word eternal is actually all time. It's always existed. Now, in here, almost impossible to try and figure out from the mind eternal. How is that even possible? Everything has to have had a start and a beginning, but the beginning is eternally now. It's always been now. It's the same now as it's always been. But what we really are is not physical. It's not a thought, it's not an emotion, it's not the body. You know, if I, I last year lost the end of my little finger, it's growing back now, my index, one of my fingers. See, I even forgot which finger it was, it's growing back. But when I lost it and I saw it like sitting on the um, chopping board, which Maharani was like, <laughs> um, I wasn't missing a bit of me. My body was missing a bit, but I was fully intact. And that aspect of, of the eye that was fully intact is the aspect that was never born and was never dies. Yes, we currently have this nervous system, which is like almost a focal point for the awareness to look out from. It's a focal point for physicality and senses to, be, to, to, to exist so that we can have a physical experience, a human, a human experience. Okay. Here's so we can have a human experience. Without this, there's just, we're just kind of everywhere, always. So this gives us like a focal point to gaze out from. And it's really cool to have this focal point. If we make it about that, however, most people lose the fact that there's this observer and, and they get too much into what's being observed. And all the focus is on trying to fix, change and improve the observed as opposed to just being here for the experience. The fool experience. The uncertainty and the certainty and the opportunities to grow and to contribute and to love. <laughs>